Welcome to our podcast. If you enjoy this segment, we encourage you to check out the others. Also, if you're new to Hedgeye, you qualify for a special discount on one of our Hedgeye investing products. Email customer service director Matt Moran at mmoran at hedgeye.com. That's M-M-O-R-A-N at hedgeye.com. Morning, I'm Daryl Jones, director of research at Hedgeye. Welcome to the Macro Show for February 5th, 2021. Another busy morning today. I think we just got some jobs data, among other things. And with that, we will get right into it. Well, we've got to try to... I'm doing a little work here, Jonesy. i got to... Try to figure something out before I figure out what what, what I'm going to say next. You're working. I'm hungover. It's I don't know. If, you know, I'm going to have to get my dynamism up a little bit today. Yeah, well, you know, you got Shake time. Shake it off. You yeah. get time. All right, let's get into it. I put on my jacket today, trying to looking, looking good. Trying to look a little bit more official. Pick yeah. up the pucks for Jonesy. He's a little hungover, but I'm not. All right, top three things. Yeah, you are. My you are looking fresh. S and P 500 is number one this morning. My spy, oh spy, oh my. Look at that, number one spy. It's rarely spy unless we hit the all-time high. Greenland, Savix and the curve. So first on the spies. All-time is a really long time. So yesterday was the all-time high in the SPY, in the NASDAQ, in the Russell. That's a trifecta. That's what happens in quad two. If you puked in quad two, that is not good. Okay, that was like last week's uh, exercise, I suppose, where people degrossed during the biggest drawdown uh, in the last half decade in the hedge fund business. And again, we are hedge eye. We don't have to do what consensus hedge funds are doing. Don't forget, we're trying to front run that and uh, get the top 20% of hedge funds to outperform the ones that have become consensus. So that's where we're at. No matter where you go, there you are, as we like to say. And what's interesting in SPIES is the implied volatility premium, which was maybe the best implied volatility premium ever to buy into at 109%. That, dear friends and foes, uh, I don't think we have foes on here because you're subscribers, right? This is not a free one. Uh, it has gone to 6% this morning. So playbook, again, playbook move here on the heels of another rate of change acceleration uh, in Quad 2, whether it be durable goods, CapEx, guys throw those numbers up, jobless claims yesterday, even the unemployment rate got better this morning in rate of change term. Yes, it did. What do you do today? Do you chase like what hedge I bought like a lot lower? No, no, no. Feed the ducks, all right? Top end of the range, S&P could get to an implied volatility discount by the end of today or by noon. We'll have to see about that. As you can see on the board there, there's an implied vol discount on things like communications and utilities. And there's still, unfortunately, for the gold bugs, one on gold. Point number two this morning is the VIX. Just a collapse. Just a collapse of the Armageddon. The Armageddon, the Armageddon, and the Armageddon. Trifecta. Straight down there. Straight down. That's called the straight down motion. Like, look, look at that thing. That's 2177 on front month. That's where it ended. With a medium term downside, as we've said, I said it could go, obviously, to 17 or 18. Today, I'll say it's going to go to 1720 at the low end of the range. And when we're done with that, we'll be done with people chasing again. They did, we will talk a little bit about that today. See that? Don't look at me. Look at that. Don't look at me. Don't look at your phone. Yeah, look at that. Here, I was looking at my phone. <laughs> uh, yeah, of course you were. Uh, Jonesy's had a big night last night. That means he's got some follow-ups to do. Uh, you know, FOMO. Biz, FOMO. biz dev. Biz right. dev. It's just give <laughs> biz dev. Uh, Vic, so again, if you get volatility right, or if you do follow markets from a ball of vol, or volatility, volatility perspective, as opposed to, of course, being silly, old wall, a lot of baggage, chasing moving monkeys, like that's ridiculous. One-factor model? I mean, who uses those anymore? A lot of people, fortunately, and that helps us. Uh, point number three is the curve. Now, it's not just like look at these two charts together the curve and throw a little gold up there gendron a little shooter mcgavin look at that thing look at that how do you do that 
Well, you just get the rate of change of interest rates right. To get that right, you get the quads right. By the way, somebody, sh somebody showed a video of you saying the, pretty much the same thing about eight years ago. Right? <laughs> oh, really? We'll, we'll, uh, have to, we'll have to retweet that. Somebody when, found this old video. When the economy was accelerating in Quad 2 in 2013 and yeah. we had a, the same process? I mean, yeah. is it an amazing? It's amazing. Amazing yeah. thing. And what I said was growth, particularly if it's Quad 2 type growth, is public enemy number one for gold. If gold's coming out of stagflation, don't forget that the gold crash of 2013 that I called uh, was born out of the gold peak of 2011, which happened in what quad? Oh, wait on it. Quad three. There are three quad threes in a row in 2011 when it hits peak. And yeah, I owned it into that. And then we got out and then we shorted it like a boss. And now we did the same thing for the same reasons. I'm older, I'm fatter, I'm still Irish. Please don't cancel. Those are your top three things. All right, steep curve, by the way. Steep curve, you know, at 103 basis, uh, 100, actually it's rising now because you got 116 on the, 117 on the 10-year yield. We actually have our fattest goose out there since feeding the ducks. Eyeball. Eyeball is our position on a steepener. That's my biggest, actually, it's my only fixed income position, thank God. Uh, again, uh, fear of missing out. It's actually Jonesy. I didn't know if you knew this, but he's not a Yale guy, Harvard guy. I don't know if, if you agree with this, but this guy, McGinnis, is taking credit. He said at HBS, he wrote this thing uh, in the, um, called the Social Theory at, at Harvard Business School, McGinnis Two Foes. Uh, he said he made up FOMO. So FOMO apparently was, uh, he authored FOMO. Oh, okay. That's interesting. Well, maybe he came up with the term, but FOMO has been around since the beginning of humanity, I'd say. Well, that's what he says. He calls it FOMO. We are all FOMO sapiens. Oh, I like that. I like that. Yeah, when you're hungover and I'm on it, you're yeah. leading me. You're you're you're, you're <laughs> leading into my one laps. Right? You got you got to get it together and what would you want to do? <laughs> like mirror me? Uh, what's it called? Mirror? Yeah. Don't, I'll you do it, mirror I'll, me? I'll do it all today. S and P 500 wrist range. Look at the big fat duck there. <laughs> Look at that thing. That's an eight zero there. That them there is a big fat duck. Okay, that 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 dog and duck will hunt. Look at that thing. That's big. Right? That's minus 2.4% though. Watch out. We only have 1% upside left. 39.11. That would be a higher all-time high Jonesy hungover buds. I don't, I don't uh, think I should have put the, the well, we did, didn't we? Yeah. As we would. We just do stuff because we're not trying to make shit up like people do. Like this guy, Clover, he's taking selfies with the shirt off. Yeah. Who's that guy again? Chamath. Chamath? Chamath. Chamath. Thinks he's Elon. He's like Elon Mini. Mini Elon. Yeah. Not really. That's a, that's a shameful story that's developing in Clover, by the way, which uh, we will have more to say on that. Uh, the ticker on that, if you're looking for shorts, because they're harder to find. Uh, but there will be a lot of shorts in SPAC space. There are a lot of longs, too. Uh, Clove, C-L-O-V. We went through it on the call. Emily Evans wrote a note about it. Uh, Shamath is, or Chamath, whatever, he's going to have some issues with being such a raconteur. Uh -huh. So SPAC issuance, I, I tweeted this, but SPAC issuance is now running at a billion dollars a day. Ooh. And if you go back six or seven years ago, it was like a billion the entire year. I, so, think, I think it's up like... You know, 150, 200 percent year over year. So mm. we will find we will find some longs, but we will find a lot of shorts. Oh, no we will find you. I, I think. I mean, he's been smart enough. To, <laughs> we will find you. <laughs> <laughs> he's been smart enough to avoid us. And actually, you know, gold bugs are starting to learn. 
Like, you know, we're not just selling suntan lotion and ignoring rain gear. Like, we're not perma-marketing any asset class SPAC or, you know, gold thing. You know, that's not what we do. We're going to eventually find the other side of it, and we're going to be on the other side of that person. So the perma-marketers are raconteurs of things like the Shamath. I mean, you're going you're gonna to have some issues, right? You're, we're not CNBC bozos, right? You're going to have to answer the bell. So get ready. He looks like he's a boxer anyway. You want yep. to be? Yeah. Nice, nice. Got to love guys who have avatars that have him in front of a private jet. Yeah, the old PJ. That's why I wore a jacket today. Feeling quite sophisticated. All right, uh, let's go to uh, the wood. Volume uh, yesterday, what did it do? So again, if you go right back to the actual wood, which is not storytelling, it's price, volume, volatility math, up 18% versus the prior day. Big time acceleration. So that's called the chase. So instead of the degross, we had one of the biggest regrossing days in the hedge fund business since the market crash last year. So again, that's just confirming what I said. You got falling or collapsing really volatility on accelerating volume and rising price to all-time highs. Higher highs, me love you long time. All right, what else we got going on for you this morning? If you look at the uh, sector studies, almost everyone was a winner. 10 out of 11 sectors were up on the day. Of course, we won't get anybody whining anymore about oil or energy because it's up about 5.5% since it filled the queue. Uh, now we will fill the ducks' bills. Uh, <laughs> looking at financials up 2 2.2% had a lot of questions on that yesterday. Yeah, financials are along in quad two. It's not, you know, certainly not one of my biggest positions because I have alternatives. In quad two, it's not about FOMO. Actually, in the book, he goes through FOBO, fear of better options, right? All you people that have a hard time making decisions, that gets harder in quad two because there are a lot of options. So I've grossed up on energy stocks and cannabis stocks. Um, that was my choice. I didn't go, uh, I sold my financials and I bought that. There's only so many things you can do when you're trying to be a full cycle investor. And if you want to call me a trader, I'll take it. But I'm wearing a jacket today, so I'm very sophisticated and I'm sounding longer term. Okay, let's go. What else we got going on for you? Cross asset class vault, nailed it. Uh, move moves higher because bond yields uh, moved higher uh, quickly, or at least uh, faster than the people that have price targets on bond yields, which is nonsensical. If you really need one, a mean reversion target, which is different than a price target, is 1.8 to 1.9% on the 10-year yield. And yes, I still think we're going there. Uh, but again, you get the move moving higher. New low for high yield spreads. Uh, that's the uh, high yield number there that says 339. So that's quad two. Uh, the move moving higher is quad two. Uh, new low for the junk bond yield is quad two. Uh, girl at uh, Bloomberg, actually one of the best people at Bloomberg, Abramovitz, I think is her name, uh, best tweeters at least. She's like, how is this happening? I, mean, I, just, I just said equals quad two. You don't need anything else, Lisa. You don't need to, again, traverse every part of Bloomberg to get to the answer other than quad two. I know you don't want to say it because it would give some uh, credit to the sophisticate that's wearing the jacket here today and his colleagues, but uh, as you would, we'll continue. I did write about that in the early look note this morning. Let's make it about us, right? It's us against them, really. And that's what America's always been about, right? This is about capitalism, green lights. We're playing against somebody. There's a bid, there's an ask, there's a process, and there is bullshit, all right? There's a scoreboard. Oh, there is. Yeah. Look at that. Look at that. Thank you, Jonesy. How about on the scoreboards for the Japanese bulls? Let's let's have a shout out for both my, my new friend Shamath and the Japanese bulls. All right. So why aren't people talking more about this bull market in Japanese equities? I don't know, and I don't particularly care. Up one and a half percent is what you got paid on that payout last night. Nice, nice, nice for those of you that diversify long term. All right. We're starting to get all the catchwords here. China. I didn't put this on Twitter because I didn't want the people to get it for free to know. Oh, okay. China. China. Don't put it up, guys. Just China, listen. China. -er. China. China looks shittier. 
Oh, okay. Yes. Yeah. Actually, Darius was calling out some of this data, too, I think. So, well, it's not, a, well, it could be about his data, but this is about my signal. For the second day in a row, China not only closes below immediate term trade support, which is 35.35 on the Shanghai Composite Index, write that down. If it doesn't get above that, problems are going to start to happen in China, okay? So again, China signaling lower high, again, it's done this before. So again, it's either going to be a consolidation ahead of the 100-year party that they're going to make look good, or it's the beginning of a, a quad three, which China's uh, slide 20, guys, is the only major country to not be in quad two going into the uh, second quarter. Um, so there's a divergence there. So there's not only um, a lower high, a breaking of the trade signal, and a quad, which has my attention, which is indeed uh, Darius's work there with the three threes in a row. Um, but it's, it's a big daily divergence, right? So Japan up 1.5% on the day, and the, and the Chinese, who don't like the Japanese, down 0.2%. That's 170 basis point delta, right? So, you know, China, you know, it was the first one we got into an EM. It's going to be the first one to go out. The question is, and I don't know the answer when. So you can ask the question 20,000 different ways, and I'm still going to give you the same answer. I don't know when I'm going to short it, but I'm not going to buy it. So we'll see. Stay tuned on that. Uh, first thing on the board that looks a little dicey. Uh, what doesn't look dicey is things that look like oil, like Russia up 1.7%. Uh, the DAX make right, right back to the top end of the range. The DAX went literally textbook, low end of the range, top end of the range. Bitcoin, low end of the range, top end of the range. Ethereum, which is now in your Bitcoin tracker product, oh yes, low end of the range, top of the range. All of it's working. The, mach the machine apparently cares more about the math, the fractal nature of the universe, the secret to the universe, the rates of change. See what happens when I'm not hungover? I can nail my talking points, right? These are important things. <laughs> and this is what's happening. The market is figuring it out. It's just figuring it out. So at the end of the day, thank you for believing in a better way. This isn't about believing in me or Jonesy, but God, God knows not this morning. It's, it's about you. It's about you understanding that it's not about you either. It's about the machine. It's about them understanding the fractal nature of the universe. Holy cow. How about natural gas this morning? Natty. We have a tweet, but we don't have a chart because I didn't want to give this one away either. This because this one's actually new and broadening. I had a couple institutional clients. <laughs> one actually sent me an email this morning. He said, "Do you think that the breakout in commodities is just getting started?" So that's a little annoying, right? I mean, uh, look at the CRB index, for example. It's up. It's up 24% since November. Like we went bullish in June. It's up 70% from there. Like, please, guys. Like seriously. I mean. When you want high conviction, or however you want me to say it, if you want me to take my shirt off and pretend I'm a boxer too, no, you don't I, want that. That's that's disgusting. You know, it's it's, it's, it's not going to be good. You know, but when we said when we're going bullish, if there's one thing we're going to be bullish on, it's inflation in June. That was it. Now you're chasing, right? You got this right there, squarely in your face. Okay, so that's not what we want to do. However. That said, the dollar is breaking down right off the top end of my range. Oh, yeah, it was 0.6% against me. I almost cried. Uh, but again, guess what? One day I'm going to get it wrong, and guess what? It's going to be the leading indicator of me getting it right, because then I'm going to go long the dollar when we go into quad four again. We're not quad four. You an idiot? No, of course not. You're not. You're not. You're, you're a subscriber. You're smart. You get it. So this morning, uh, it's not just uh, getting paid like a boss. Copper up 1.1 percent. Wheat, which looks very good. It got to the loan of the range yesterday. I was doing other things, some uh, business development. That's why. Biz dev. Yeah, a little biz dev. A little. 
suit. Ooh, all right, put had, that you, on. You had the suit on yesterday. Oh, a little suit. Ooh, yeah, okay. put it on. Just, just because the person I was meeting with is kind of a suit person. Um, but uh, he, uh, anyway, we we know suit people. And wheat, I bought it, you know, in the PA, so I can't signal on it today. But it's up one percent. W E A T has got to the low end of the range. Uh, silver up one point eight percent this morning. Silver's not gold. No, no, no. Does that chart of gold look like silver? One more time. The two big bang bangs. You know, that's that's like if you were playing a video game, like one of these games that my my kids play. You know, bang bang. That's like dead. There's no there's no long case there. No, 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 no. This guy, um, uh, this old wall guy who said that quad two on January the 9th, He's one of the most famous gold managers, I suppose, in Boston. He said quad two is bullshit. <laughs> he tweeted that. I would, I would delete that tweet because it would just show that you're just an old wall dude and you don't want to be called that. I think he called me a little boy. Um, <laughs> I would never be called a name. Uh, top end of the risk range on the 10-year yield at 1.17. So you're going to be covering uh, gold shorts yesterday, obviously some gold miners. You cover some more uh, at the loan of the range on treasuries today uh, when you get to the top end of the range on the 10-year yield. Uh, Bitcoin's not quite at the top end of the range, but if the dollar goes down here further uh, and faster, you can bet your Madoff that that top end of the range on both Ethereum and Bitcoin in the product's going to head higher. For now, it's just right around 39,000 or 38,990 to be specific. I already talked about the jobs report. Earnings. Oh, that thing that everybody that's fundamental, the mother's milk of all things, I think. Old Larry, the other Larry, uh, Larry, uh, old wall, Larry gold guy is one guy, but then you got Kudlow. He used to say that, right? The mother's milk of the stock market <laughs> is corporate profits. Well, the mother's milk just accelerated to 6.73%, which is a new cycle high, which is also in conjunction with the new cycle high for CapEx, which is up 8.7%, durable goods, which is up 7%. All these numbers are in my head. like cause, uh, again, And by the way, this, this is on tough comparisons. Yes. We're, we're getting to easy comparisons. Oh, yes. Right? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Right. Oh, yes. All right. What do we got? What do we got? All right. Let's go, let's go what, what's triggering people this morning? Because we do have a new product that launched that uh, if it's a top three question and it's something that top, went against you the day before, then I'm going to buy the shit out of it this morning. Top three triggers. <laughs> uh, this is a top question. Tony from New Mexico. This is actually more process related. But nice. Are there any special instances slash circumstances where you would choose not to sell some of the top end of the risk range? let something run for a bit. Only a quad two problem I seem to have recently is not letting my winners run enough. Thanks to you and Hedge Eye for crushing quad two. Yeah, I think uh, you know, it's going to be always going to be a problem, right? Yeah. Like if you could sell all at every top and buy all at every bottom, you'd be some version of Shamath in his own mind, right? Yeah. Um, um, so that's not what that's not realistic. So the so the way to do it, let's say you had a six percent position in S and P 500. So you go minus 0.25%, 25 basis points. Maybe today you sell 0.5%. Now you're at 5.25%. That's how you do it. That's why I say, say you sell incrementally. The main reason why people run out of, out of bread to feed the ducks is that they don't have the conviction to go big enough when they're at the low end of the range. Yeah. So that's, that's exactly actually that's part of the real problem here is that you didn't buy enough um, sometimes. Uh, but sometimes you did buy enough, and you're just saying, hey, look, if I could sell it all right at the literal top, could I? It's hard to do. That's why you do things incrementally. This, this, this concept has actually helped me a lot because for whatever reason, it gives me more comfort. And I'm, I'm going to give you an example. So, you know, as I said the other day, I like to kind of buy things to try to understand them. So like four years ago, I bought all these cryptocurrencies. Not a lot, but bought a little. Uh, kind of top-ticked the market. But... I bought this one called Ox. I have no idea what it was. And I, I forgot about it, right? It was in this other crypto account. 
then I was like, I, I remember that account. I, 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 <laughs> I remember that. So, so I go, I go back to it. I'm like, holy shit, this thing's moved. And then yesterday, this ox, whatever it does, was up like 75 percent. I'm like, now what do I do? So, so I sold a little, and I just felt better for some reason. But uh, so I think there's a new investment strategy here: buy and forget. Right? <laughs> I coined that, but yeah, well, that's but, but this idea, you know, it just kind of for me, it, it's a psychological thing, but it gives me a little comfort, right? Like, yep, take some off the table, have more dry powder, then you can. It's it's actually something that completely fading FOMO is just that. Yeah, it's at the top end of the range. FOMO works both ways, right? Like. People are chasing at the top end of the range because they have FOMO. And you, you know, if you're your former self and don't have a process to A, size your positions with a rules-based system, B, incrementally add and subtract to those positions with a rules-based system. What I've learned actually since June where I had to become a better coach is that people really needed to learn some of the most basic lessons that I consider core to what I do. So what we did, or what I did, even teaching my own teammates, is that, hey, signal matters more than everything else. Timing and sizing is a function of that. Then we get into the fundamentals, whether it be the company pod or the, the country quad. And, and that really helped me reset a lot of you by me yep. just going, man, I'm getting pissed off at these people because they're, they sound like idiots. But they're not. Yeah. They're just, they didn't know because I never taught it that way. Yeah. Like, so, I, you know, but again, my wife says this all the time. She's like, She's like, it's just like hockey, Keith. Like, you, you, in this case, you have to actually tell them to put the skate on one <laughs> foot, on the other foot, tie them up, check them, stretch before you do that. The whole thing before you actually play the game, setting up your rules, yeah. the discipline, size limits, incremental adds and subtracts. She said, they don't know that. So take it easy on these people, right? Exactly. Yeah. So now, I don't know, I, have to, I, get, I get notes like this. Yep. That's but this is better than this, right? This this is bad. This is good. For me. For me. I'm trying to get better too. Okay, we're gonna go to the number two question here. This could be in the trigger department. Or this is Ramadan from Toledo, Ohio. That's the home of Jeff Hamilton. Since we have been seeing a short term positive correlation with DXY and oil, should we be more aggressively feeding the ducks on XLE because the DXY looks like it's starting to reverse lower? Or is this a signal to start pressing on commodities and stocks? Sounds like he doesn't have the risk range product. The XLE is selling. It's at the top end of the range. It's published daily. Okay. Um, this is number three question. You actually already sort of touched on, on this, but I'm going to ask it. Can you please share your thoughts on wheat? Uh, it looked cheap compared to corn having retraced by 50% of its... December, January ride. During quad two, should I be looking for commodity dips rather than chasing their all-time highs? Or are there some fundamental factors that indicate bearish trend here? Thanks. Well, no, they're, they're, it's not bearish trend. I went through yeah. wheat. It's yeah. obviously bullish trend. I would I would stay away from that first thing that you said, which is um, what was the first part about look, the look, looks cheap compared to looks corn. Cheap, like, looks and cheap. Those two words are a feeling yeah. or a visual that I obviously didn't have because I wouldn't have called out wheat or bought it like I did yesterday. Looks and cheap, feelings and valuation. That's an opinion, right? Whether it be relative value in the case I think you're making, which is fine. I'm just trying to disaggregate the baggage. There's a lot of Samsonite out there that we want to like curb, okay? So again, I don't care what the value is. I care about what the underlying characteristics of the thing is. Price, volume, volatility within the context of the quads, okay? 
So, you know, anything, I think the last part of what you said was really good, which is, hey, do I care? No, you shouldn't, and you shouldn't care why. You should spend a lot less time reading about, a, like, if you want to go read about farmers and their wheat, you can go do that. I haven't read F all about corn or wheat fundamentally for since June. And I've made a lot of money, you know, just being yep. ignorant to that, but very respectful, very respectful to Floki. <laughs> Floki. <Yeah>, Floki. <laughs> the courts. The courts. The macro guys. Of course. <laughs> You guys watch Vikings? That's what that's from. Great show. If you respect the gods, like I respect the gods, you don't give two rats ass about some farmer's opinion fundamentally on wheat or corn. Well, yeah, and then, you know, just the other thing too, like valuation of commodities. Well, valuation in general is an opinion. Valuation of commodities is even more of an opinion. Of course. It's like the biggest, you know, one of the biggest mistakes I've made in recent years was I bought silver because the silver, I think it was the silver oil ratio. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, was that like, it's like an all-time low, right? So, of Sorry. course, I'm the value guy. So Sorry, like, that water just came out of my nose. I'm like, well, it must be a buy. Oh, my God. Then, you know, within a month, I'm down 20%. And it's like, well, maybe it wasn't that cheap on the oil ratio. <laughs> well, I was buying it on the oil ratio. <laughs> Sounds like something you might do when uh, your buddy's leaning over a putt and you're just talking bullshit to another guy who wouldn't know otherwise at the golf course. <laughs> Apologies for that, Ed. Okay. Have to call management. Uh, I think I just spit on the floor. Let's see here. Okay. Wow. This is Sven in, in D.C. I don't think it's the the Northman Trader, but many, <laughs> he's had a tough week. Any <laughs> perma being a perma bear is tough, man. It's like what kind of life is that? Really? It's like you know you get a good following, but you know it's like a vacuum chamber. You know, Dave Root said this to me a long time ago, one of the one of the great uh, RAs out there. Yeah, and his, his son was one of our best employees. And Jesse went Root. Join, went to join his dad. Yeah. One of the great Yale hockey captains. He's like great, real guys, you know? Him, like those guys and Sven, like really, okay? You know, there's a reason why, like, you know, former Yale hockey captain Ben Stafford, for example, he entered the U.S. military and has served his con country like, 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 you know, that, that kind of thing actually makes me cry, right? Like what he did. Um, but these are like real men that have real reputations that are accountable and transparent. And then you have Sven. What? Not, not, this, not this Sven. No. Not the, not this the Northman Sven. Sven. Yeah. Like, who are these people? Like the dude who runs Zero Edge. Like, these are weird, like, this is not what you want to be associated with, right? So anyway, back to David Root. Uh, he, he basically said to me, he said, you know, the, the beauty of the quads, Keith, is that it's like the four seasons. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like, being perma-bull or perma-bear means that you're kind of like somebody who will only live in Florida or only live in uh, Alaska. Like, you don't want to see, in Alaska they have seasons, that's a bad example. Let's use, like... If you just want to be one thing, if you are only selling me suntan lotion and you don't believe in rain gear, like, I just think that that's wrong. Like, I, 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 or you're going to get it wrong. A lot more wrong than I'll ever get it. And, and I'm going to get a lot of things wrong, too. But it's, it's a real shame that people, you know, you have to make a living on permanently marketing uh, either fear or one asset class. I just think that that's sad, actually. Yep. I totally agree. Okay, Rick. Actually, sorry. We're going to ask Sven's question. <clears throat> Any thoughts on why copper and other base metals are not moving like the CRB index? The implied volatility premium on base metals has been in the 200 to 700 percent range for about a month, not counting today. 
Well, I think that this goes back to what we lined up last um, uh, on energy. It's kind of the same question, but using yeah. something different. Uh, the underperformance of copper on a short-term basis is a function of the outperformance of copper on a three- to six-month basis, uh, really a six-month basis, because copper had been much more powerful to the upside than something most recently like silver. So what I think you're doing there is you're resulting on a very short-term basis. You're giving in a little bit to your to your own, you know, that, because you're like, well, uh, like you're making, again, they're in a bull market, things take turns, okay? That's the way to think about it. Something goes up a lot, it takes a breather. The thing that didn't go up a lot goes up a lot, it takes a breather. So they take turns. There are 19, 19 commodities in the CRB Commodities Index. So that, to me, is just a classic bull market. You know, I don't lose sleep over that. In fact, you know, I bought a whole bunch of Freeport McMoran last week. I didn't think I'd get those prices again, and that was more when copper was closer to 350. Today's copper's at 360. Is it at 372, making a new cycle high? No. Will it in three months? Based on your question, you might be a leading indicator that it could be. You know, so because people real—that's how people think. Because you know, it's about you're you're now you're you're really focused on a one on one duration instead of multiple durations. So again, that's why I say it, and I'll say it and say it again. Okay, let's write it down one more time. Just because non-hungover mucker is sharp today, as my nana would say, even if you're not playing sharp, look sharp. You're a McCullough. All right, that's the way to do it. Okay, so again. When you think about this, um, you know, overall, like you're, you're, you're trying to think, okay, like what, 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 um, oh, geez, this thing's not going to work. That is, that is working. I started thinking about my Nana. I actually forgot what I was going to say. What was I talking about? You were talking about um, being sharp. Being sharp, staying sharp. I'm not sharp right now, Nana. Uh, we'll go to the next question. Oh, but it's something. It was going to be a lesson. It was going to be something. A, a lesson about something. It's going to be something. I forget what it was. That's okay. Base metals. Base metals. No. Copper. Hmm. No. Okay. <laughs> we will come back to it. <laughs> Here's a question from Richard, and we got too much going on, I think, which is a high class problem. But it's like all these things coming in and out. Yeah. I'm probably distracting a little this morning. No, that's all right. Smell like a brewery. <clears throat> all right, Richard from Tustin. Howard Marks from Oak Tree states that rising interest rates are the biggest risk to equities. Will the hedge eye process signal if rising rates begin to impact equity prices? I don't know where you got that. That's bullshit. Okay. Rising interest rates. So, again, if, if Howard would just go back to the point in time where, thank you to one of our subscribers, uh, for calling out the 2013 video that you found uh, on Hedge ITV, like old school vintage Hedge ITV. Um, these, like, if Howard back tested what that, I don't know, I, I doubt he said that. This is a seasoned veteran of the macro, uh, yep. you know, of the macro. Yeah, and by the way, he doesn't do it the same way I do it, so um, that's fine. Uh, but if you were to back test that, that's just not true, right? So let's just start with that. Like, I think that's a big thing uh, for a lot of you that are still stuck on old wall talking points, famous people that say certain things. Let's just say that even if you listen to Jim Simons at the beginning of last year or Ray Dalio, you know, you got killed, right? You got smoked. You know, so again, you got to take what people say with a grain of salt, and you have to put what's actually happened in markets with a much heavier weight. So the fact of the matter is, in 2013, when interest rates broke out, stocks continued higher, and, and so did interest rates. I mean, uh, the same thing happened in 2018. I mean, it's not like you have to look that far back to backtest it. 
Um, so again, when you're in quad two, and until Howard Marks starts talking in quads, which I would assign a 0% probability of him doing, because he's going to do what he does, right? And I'm going to do what I do, which, uh, which, which is just backtest everything. So it's just not factual. Um, a lot of people, too, have been saying uh, we get this kind of Wall Street talking point when tech was correcting uh, during bond yields rising in the last three months. They're like, well, clearly, you know, it's, it's, a, it's, it's, a, it's what tech does. When interest rates go down, people sell their tech. It's like, according to who? Like, that's a narrative. That's not in the numbers. You know, tech just made an all-time high yesterday, so obviously that's not true. Um, at this time, it's not true. It's not true in 2013, and it certainly wasn't in 2018. So again, breakouts in interest rates uh, when they are, you know, running concurrent with a quad two breakout are super bullish for the stock market. I mean, that's I don't know I don't know what else you would you would you would conclude. Okay. So we're going to wrap it up there, but we've got a quick shout-out to uh, Scott Dexter, who's friends with our buddy Doug Fomaletti. He's a subscriber up in Canada. He actually, cool. Scott used to work at Sprott, actually, which was a big kind of gold house mm -hmm. up there. Um, made some Kind dough. of gold house. Kind of. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> kind of. <laughs> made some dough. Now he just invests personally, but he's a subscriber up in Ottawa, so we appreciate that and appreciate everybody else. Oh, Have by the way, and I, I, I do remember what I was going to say, even though I forget the other thing I was going to say. Today, I think today or yesterday, is the 10-year anniversary of one of the great uh, teammates that we have at Hedgeye, Davey Abeth. So this guy, oh, Davey. Yeah. This, everyone at Hedgeye loves this guy. It's infrequent in life, and I was talking about Ben Stafford, the Root, yeah. uh, Mr. Mr. Root, and obviously Jesse Root. Like, really good people that do the right thing. Is, if, if, if I could see one person that always does the right thing, that treats people the right way, I could learn a lot from Davey. Uh, we've learned, certainly as a team, learned a lot from him, but... Thanks, Davey, man. Yep. Ten years is a long time. Awesome. All right, everybody, have a great weekend. Back at it Monday morning at 9 a.m. Thanks for listening to our podcast. As a reminder, new Hedgeye subscribers may qualify for a special discount on one of our Hedgeye investing products. Email customer service director Matt Moran at mmoran at hedgeye.com. That's M-M-O-R-A-N at hedgeye.com. This content is for informational purposes and does not constitute an offer to sell or buy any investment vehicle, nor does it constitute an investment recommendation or legal, tax, accounting, or investment advice. This information is presented without regard for individual investment preferences or risk parameters and is general, non-tailored, non-specific information. Hedgeye believes the information sources to be reliable but is not responsible for errors, inaccuracies, or omissions. The opinions expressed are those of the individual speaking. All investments entail a certain degree of risk, and financial instrument prices can fluctuate based on several factors, including those not considered in the preparation of the content. Consult your financial professional before investing. The information is protected by copyright laws and is intended solely for the use of its authorized recipient provided access by Hedgeye. Redistribution or republication is strictly prohibited and subject to the terms of service at Hedgeye.com.